This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Are you a lifelong fan of General Hospital? Are you a new fan who wants to know more about the history of the show? Do you enjoy talking about the show with others? Do you find yourself yelling at the TV? Is your self-care an hour a day in Port Charles? If so, we invite you to join hosts Amanda Kimmel and Shannon Coach at the place where all the hidden conversations take place and secrets are revealed. Meet us at Pier 54, a General Hospital fan podcast. Hello. Hi. Welcome to the Port Charles 411. Today we are talking about Georgie Jones. I love the smile you get whenever you talk about her. I just... So I watched a bunch of YouTube and I'll put some of the information in our show notes, Mm -hmm. but... I just miss those days. Yes. You know, and even, I know we say because we were about the same age, like we were a little bit older than them. Right. So like we had just gone through the first love and like we remembered that feeling. Right. Watching it, I remembered how I felt watching it the first time. And I was like, I was like, Georgie. You're so cute. I was though. Like she was a nerd and yeah. It was to just nice. be able to watch her and the storylines. I mean, yeah, they do great stuff with Cam, Trina, and jo- Joss right now and Dev, but they didn't have them do the adventures and have these big storylines. Right. Like Maxie has had big storylines her entire life, mm-hmm. you know, and there were a lot of teens. We don't have a lot of teens now. I feel like it's just a different time. They had different adventures because they got to be more innocent back then. We were more innocent than kids now are. I don't know. When we talk about this stuff, you just wait. They weren't doing this kind of stuff now. They were definitely a little bit more scandalous. Joss and Cam are like Joss and Trina haven't even one time for a second Joss considered sleeping with Oscar. Right. She's definitely way more innocent than what we're going to talk about. I think I mean more of life understanding. The kids back then were caught up in the romance, the storylines that were going on in their lives that not storylines, but it was a storyline to us where the kids now are dealing with my stepdad's missing and my 
so-called uncle runs all of the mob stuff and my mom this. Do you know what I mean? Okay. It's like grew the I want to know if you still have this opinion after we read this and you remember I, I this just stuff. Think different. They just grew them up differently. Okay. Grew them up. They grew them up. <laughs> grew them up. Go ahead. They grew up differently. There you go. All right. So we used General Hospital fandom, Georgie Jones page, but then also the Dylan Quartermain and Georgie Jones page and the Who's Who in Port Charles from Soap Central, Soap's In-Depth, General Hospital's Georgie Jones, Her Tragic Life Story. So Georgie was mainly played by Lindsay Leatherman. That's pretty much who we know right? as Georgie. She was played by Alana and Marina Norwood, Ryan and Caitlin Cohen, Carolyn and Elizabeth Van Heel, and Breck. I've never heard that name. Breck Bruns. When she was a baby baby. Right. So we see the toddlers, you know, the twins, all that. But the character that really brought her to life was Lindsay Leatherman. So Georgie was conceived. We start right at the beginning yes. of Georgie. From the moment she became a... Th- <laughs> she wasn't even a thought then. Not to Frisco and Felicia, at least. Georgie and Jones was conceived. Georgie Ann Jones. <laughs> Actually, her name's Georgiana. So I was close on that there one. There you go. You're yep. adding it in. Yep. Jones was conceived when her father returned to Port Charles while Maxie was waiting for a heart donor. She was born in 1994 under the table (laughs) at Luke's Club on opening night. And this was also when Mary May had her big comeback. So Mike Corbin, the original, Mm -hmm. Ron Hale, yells out, is there a doctor? And like almost everybody (laughs) in the place stands up. And Jason goes in to help. And this is when he was in med school. And Alan grabbed him and was like, you're not a doctor. And Tony wound up delivering Georgie under the table. Which is so cute to have your uncle. Well, I don't know. It's cute I know. I know. Like, it's cute for Georgie to say, my uncle delivered me. But Felicia, mm-hmm, my brother-in-law doesn't was, need to be there. He's no. a doctor. So I don't think that they really uh, pay much attention I to that. Not. I had to network with one of my OBs. Like, 10 years after I had my kids and he's also kind of a cutie and all the women know, like it it was often talked about because everyone's like, Oh, did you go see so-and-so isn't how awkward is it for you to see him now? Like in a professional setting. And I'm like, I don't think he remembers what I look like. (laughs) (laughs) But then, so they also didn't know that they were having a girl Mm -hmm. and Luke announced it to everyone that baby girl Jones was you know, delivered and they got back to Mary Mae singing and she dedicated God Bless This Child by Billie Holiday to the new baby and her mama. Aww. Mm-hmm. And then Frisco showed up and met Georgie and he didn't even tell Felicia that he was coming or where he was. So of she course. just had like no clue. Right. And Maxie is named after Felicia's great uncle, George, and Fl- Frisco didn't even know her name. Like He's like, oh, is that the baby? Is that the baby? And he had been as far as Naples and then Africa. He had wound up getting hit in the head and in a coma for two weeks. And he and Felicia talked about how she was disappointed that he didn't make it back in time. And this is when, remember when we were doing Maxi and you said about how Felicia left him at home with the girls? Yes. So that was all in there. That was great. It was. It was I a great scene. absolutely loved it. Of him having no idea how to take care of one kid. But and one his buddy two. was there. And the thing... I loved it because I didn't watch it when I was watching Maxi. Mm-hmm. So also keep in mind, we just spent like four, five weeks doing yeah. Maxi. Um, so there's a lot of stuff in there too, but we're trying to focus mainly on Georgie. But obviously when they were little, little girls that it was, the two of them were kind of together. So while their mother was constantly away. Oh, and then when she was an infant, she was kidnapped by Ryan Collins. 
Of course. Cause but that's Ryan he... Chamberlain. Yeah. I did. Ryan ever used the name Collins? I don't know. That's a whole other. Cause we know that we said that Maxie was kidnapped by Ryan Chamberlain. Mm-hmm. So Georgie would have been kidnapped at the same time. Right. So tomato, yeah. tomato. I don't know what the different, like, okay. If he actually ever went by Collins to throw people off his trail or if they just, because Mistro- they're twins, they went ahead and used the same word. Yeah. Maybe. Same last name. And basically when she was a baby, so like some of the stuff I couldn't find videos for, but as she was a baby, she bounced back and forth between her grandmothers in Texas and Port Charles along with Maxie. Right. As they were children. Mm-hmm. Felicia needed that time away from taking care of her own kids. We will talk about that in a minute. No, not in a minute, but. Soon enough. Uh, do you remember in a minute, in a minute, in a minute on Nickelodeon? Didn't they always say, well, okay. No. There was something that was always in a minute. Okay. I have no idea what you're talking about. But whenever okay. you figure it out, you let me know. Okay. All right. While their mother was constantly away, Maxie took care of her and tried to protect her when Felicia wanted back in their lives. Um, I hate those sentences that like the older sibling took care of. The older sibling protects them, but doesn't take care of them. Like that talking about kids shows or like Nickelodeon stuff. It reminds me of that Max and Ruby show with the bunnies where the parents are never around. Oh yeah. Did you ever I, watch that? I never that? watched that, but I know what you're talking about. Okay. Yeah. Yes. It's always annoying because they're well, kind of like Rugrats. They took care of each other. Although they were all the same age. Oh, Angelica was kind of in charge. Yeah. And they were at least put in the playpen to kind of. True. They were supposed to well, be contained. Tommy had his screwdriver. Exactly. It's not, <laughs> it's not their parents' fault that they didn't realize their baby had a screwdriver in a diaper. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, when Mac and Felicia announce their engagement, Maxie and Georgie are excited about finally becoming a family with Mac, but they don't stay a family when Felicia runs off on another adventure and Mac decides to move the girls to Texas to live with their grandmother. When Felicia returns, she wants her girls back, but Maxie won't let her near them. Georgie tells her mother that she thought her mom had forgotten that she loved her kids and left them. Oh. But since Georgie is younger, she is quicker to forgive her mother's constant absences. When Mac sues Felicia for divorce, he also sues for custody of the girls, but eventually he drops the custody suit. But I mean, he didn't need to have a custody suit because he ends up with them anyway. Right. In an attempt to make up for lost time with her kids, Felicia takes them to Colorado for a while. Mac joins them for a little while, and the girls hope this means that Mac and Felicia will get back together again. But the pair finalize their divorce in October 2000. Georgie adjusts quickly to divorce, to the divorce, but her sister doesn't. When Felicia and Mac make a last attempt to reconcile, they share a kiss, and the girls see this. Georgie asks if they're getting back together, but they say no. Mac moves out for good, and the girls comfort their mother, which is also ridiculous. Then the trio head to Texas for a while. Yeah. Mm. When the girls return from Texas in the fall of 2002, they trade summer stories with their cousin, Lucas. And this is when Georgie was aged up. Yes. And this was Lindsay. Their mother is now dating Roy DeLuca, which I totally forgot Mm -hmm. that she dated. We need like a year to watch Felicia. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Who works for the newest mobster in town? Louise Alcazar. Oh, those were such good times. I'm telling you. Like, <laughs> mm. Georgie isn't happy about this, but Maxie is all right with it. To make a point to Roy, Alcazar kidnaps Maxie and Georgie. So, okay, let's kidnap. They're kidnapped twice together. Right. By Ryan and then by Roy. Yes. Okay. Or by Alcazar to, because of Roy. Yes. Felicia rescues them, but takes their place. After Felicia returns home to them, she stays with them constantly to protect them. Neither Georgie nor Maxie is happy about this. Georgie is especially cold to Roy, since he is the reason that all of them are in danger. Adolescence is not easy for Georgie, 
She is constantly in the shadow of her sister and her problems. She's also not happy that her good grades and tendency to study a lot means that boys don't notice her. She was so cute. She was. And now we get into the gross stuff. All right. She has a crush on Lucas. Lucas Jones. Mm-hmm. Tony Jones, quote, adoptive son. Mm-hmm. But you're a cousin, even if it's not blood related, if your dads are brothers. Yes. Okay. And repeatedly tries to get him to notice her. But he's interested in Maxie. Which is even more gross. And always tells Georgie that he only sees her as a friend. She's hurt each time, but bravely tries to cover it up. Georgie isn't happy when Maxie uses Lucas to go to a party to meet another guy. In an attempt to help Maxie, she tells Lucas that Maxie was only using him. But this only makes Maxie mad at her. How is that an attempt to help Maxie? To save her from the embarrassment? I don't know. I feel like she was just being a mean sister, but okay. Maxie eventually forgives Georgie, but when Maxie plans a party at home, she doesn't want Georgie around. So Georgie invents a guy saying she met him on the internet and that she's inviting him as her date. Maxie and Lucas don't believe her, so she goes to Kelly's to sulk. She panics when Lucas and Maxie show up later and ends up kissing the first guy she can find around her age. The guy turns out to be a new arrival in town, Dylan Quartermain. You didn't watch any Oh, this was the best. So she's just sitting there like reading a book. He comes in and goes over to the payphone and she hears Maxie and Lucas come in. Oh, and it was Ryan Carnes. Oh, okay. As Lucas. So it was like his first round as Lucas. Okay. And it was Robin Richards playing Maxie. So it was during this few years period where Kirsten also took over the role of Maxie. But anyway, so she just kind of turns around and runs over, taps him on the shoulder and she's like, I really just need you to go along with this. And she kisses him. And he's like, yeah, okay. (laughs) And then Maxie and Lucas, you know, start questioning him about stuff. And Dylan takes over and he's like, hey, you said you wanted to go see that movie, right? And grabs her hand and they, you know, walk out. So, I mean, he had her back. I love Dylan. It was. They were so cute together. Yep. After a suspicious Lucas and Maxie leave, Georgie explains to Dylan her reason for kissing him. She invites him to the party and they have a good time together. A romance between them begins to blossom, but not without some obstacles along the way. As it happens with teenage love. Exactly. Dylan gets Georgie out of school a few days later with a forged note. They go back to her house to watch movies, but Mac arrives home unexpectedly. Dylan is able to fast talk their way out of trouble. They start hanging out more and Dylan is obviously smitten, but Georgie is still hung up on Lucas. She convinces Dylan to practice kissing with her so she's ready when Lucas finally kisses her. Frustrated by Georgie's crush on Lucas, he tries to convince her that he isn't worth her effort. But Georgie doesn't listen. She ends up sharing a kiss with Lucas when he's upset at Maxie for going to Kyle's party and sleeping with Kyle. She's happy until Lucas tells her that the kiss was a mistake. And that was when Maxie was, like, Kyle's the guy that leaked the video on the internet and everything. That was a mess. Georgie's hopes are raised again when Lucas asks her to prom. She shakes off Dylan's warnings that Lucas's first choice was Maxie and makes plans to sleep with Lucas after the prom. (sighs) Writers, if you're listening right now going, oh my gosh, why would we have two people that are kind of related? Hook up. Don't do it with Dante and Sam. Right. She tells Maxie about her plans and Maxie gets Dylan to stop Georgie from making a mistake. Maxie lures Lucas up to the room Georgie rented and kisses him just as Dylan brings Georgie up to catch them. Do you feel nauseous at all? Mm, okay. So gross. Devastated, Georgie runs off. That is kind of cruel, but 
that is something that Maxie was yes. doing to help her. Exactly. Yeah. Dylan tries to comfort her, but she tells him to take a hike. Her hopes for Lucas are finally crushed when he tells her that although Dylan set it up for her to see him kissing Maxie, Lucas still only sees Georgie as a friend and a cousin. Exactly. Dylan tries to apologize, but she yells at him for ruining her life. No, he just helped you from trying to hook up with your cousin who doesn't even really like you. He likes your sister. Who is also his cousin. Yes. So this is just a problem the whole way around. Okay. Mm -hmm. Let's continue. Okay. Georgie is at the police station arguing with Mac about the room she rented with his credit card when Dylan is brought in for mowing down parking meters with AJ's car. She tries to talk to him, but he blows her off. Mac then orders Georgie to stay away from Dylan. But by now, Georgie is starting to grow closer to Dylan. She tells, no, she tends to his wounds when he gets in a fight with Kyle and they share a kiss not long after. Dylan is nervous about it until she confesses to him that it meant a lot to her. You're so cute. It took all my strength to not like also go watch some of just Dylan mm-hmm. and to just fast forward through like, oh, cause they're so cute. They are very cute. He was so sweet. That was a nice like beginning of love story. Mm-hmm. Under Mac's order, she gets a job as a waitress at Kelly's. After Mac catches them together, he takes Dylan home and warns each of them to stay away from each other. Dylan decides he's had enough of Port Charles and his wacky family and wants to run away with Georgie. It takes a little persuasion, but she finally agrees. But not before leaving a note with Maxie, they take off on Kyle's motorcycle that Dylan stole. That doesn't sound like you're going to get caught at all. (laughs) And check into a motel later that night. After talking all night with Dylan and thinking about the situation some more, Georgie tells him that she has to go back to Port Charles. But before they can go anywhere, Mac busts in and hauls Dylan off to jail. Georgie yells at Maxie for betraying her and vows to keep seeing Dylan no matter what. I like that Maxie recognizes her issues and is like refuses to let Georgie make the same mistakes. So then Dylan gets roped into working for Lorenzo Alcazar, who is the brother of Louise Alcazar, Mm -hmm. because Ted King was awesome and he died. And so they had to bring him back. Right. Not complaining. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. And gets knocked out on the job. Georgie takes him to the hospital and urges him to tell Mac about Alcazar. He does, but Mac only tells him to stay away from Georgie. But the mob life won't leave him alone. And they were teenagers. Right. So, okay. Dylan witnesses a shootout, runs with a briefcase full of cash, hides out for the night in Georgie's room, and then winds up in Faith's hotel room with his shirt undone. After Dylan leaves the cash in her room, Georgie takes it to Courtney. Oh my gosh. So many wonderful people. Who promises to deliver it to Faith. But Georgie ends up running to Faith with the money and Courtney gets ambushed by Alcazar's men. When Georgie sees Dylan in Faith's room with his shirt undone, she jumps to the wrong conclusion. Yeah. But Dylan assures her that nothing happened. While kissing and making up, they're interrupted by Maxie barging in on a drug high. Ugh. While Georgie questions and argues with Maxie, Dylan takes off to find Kyle and the drugs that Maxie took. When Maxie threatens to tell Mac that Georgie had sex with Dylan in her room, if she says anything about the drugs, Georgie lies and says she really did have sex with Dylan. She did not. No. Georgie and Dylan try to have a private romantic date at the speakeasy when it's closed. And that was Faith's Club. I had to look that up. I did not watch anything about it, but I was like, what the heck is the speakeasy? It was Faith's Club. I'm so surprised you didn't get lost in that story. I Good job for you. To, I had some self-control much, over this. I know how much you love Faith. That had to be really hard for you. It was. But Maxie, Kyle, and friends crash their private party. Then some of Alcazar's men enter, intent on torching the place. Dylan tries to impress the men by saying he works for Alcazar when Alcazar himself shows up and tells the men to leave. Georgie is impressed with Dylan's heroism. Georgie's 
impressed when Dylan decides to work for Ned at ELQ instead of continuing to pursue a career with Alcazar. She drops by on his first day to wish him luck and bring him cookies. Oh, so Maybe was Dylan out of high school? Was he in college? And she was she was in high school, she but was, was he not? I think he was just starting college. Okay. Um, but Georgie grows concerned when Dylan continues to express admiration for Alcazar's way of life and business strategies. She doesn't like it when Alcazar gives them money to go out before Dylan can get paid by ELQ. Along with waitressing at Kelly's, Mac made Georgie and Maxie volunteers candy stripers at the hospital, which was so cute because they have the little outfits and everything. Mm -hmm. Georgie teases Dylan about his romantic side after he gets Maxie and Georgie to help him give the newly married Xander and his recovering bride, Emily, a makeshift gondola ride and private Venetian holly honeymoon. My goodness. Now I'm all over the place private Venetian honeymoon suite as a wedding present. Georgie and Dylan protect a hospitalized and temporarily blind Elizabeth when Faith comes calling, but Faith takes Dylan away at gunpoint and tries to force him to give her an alibi for Elizabeth's hit-and-run accident. I forgot about Elizabeth in the accident. We talked about it when we talked about her, but still, it's so easy to forget this stuff. Yes. Well, that was almost two years ago that right. we talked about Liz. She threatens to hurt Georgie if he doesn't comply. Reluctantly, he does. <sighs> Georgie arrives with the cops at Faith's hideout and finds Dylan once again in a compromising position with Faith. Georgie tries to insist that it can't be what it looks like, but she is not happy when Dylan won't contradict Faith's claims that they were together when Elizabeth was hit. When she asks Dylan why, he won't tell her. So she goes to Mac and tells him that Dylan was with her the night in question. Panicked, Dylan takes Georgie to a remote barn to hide out from Faith. In the process of explaining things, Dylan confesses that he loves Georgie, Ooh, and she tells him the same. so cute. Not long after Dylan... I can't stop smiling. I know, because they were <laughs> so cute. Not long after Dylan goes to get supplies, the barn owner comes in and threatens Georgie. Dylan agrees to work for Alcazar if he will help him get Faith to back off. Dylan returns to the barn in time and manages to convince the owner that Georgie is a fugitive and that Dylan is there to apprehend her. Did he have a badge? Right. Like Then Faith shows up and torments them a little before revealing that the charge against charges against her were dropped. People are going to think I messed up for loving Faith so much reading yes. some of this. <laughs> she wasn't... It was just... She was an awesome... She's an awful, Didn't awesome like bad guy. Right. Yeah. Yes. When Georgie realizes that spending time with Dylan is affecting her schoolwork, Dylan says they should try to spend less time together. But it isn't long before they're constantly all over each other again. They decide they want to have sex and make plans to make it a perfect evening. Georgie rents a room and gets Maxie to help her get dressed up. How are they renting these rooms again? Because I'm sure Mac had an issue with her using his credit card the first time. Yes. But anyway. But the night is filled with disaster. She's a waitress. Now she has tips. Maybe she, she still doesn't have a credit card, which is how you have to reserve a room. Now? How was it back then? It was like Was it in then. the early 2000s? Yes! Okay. I'm that old. <sighs> anyway. I'm pretty sure that they still had places that you could just pay cash. Maybe, like... Maxie was older. Maybe she got Maxie. By the hour or something. I don't know. No. Okay. But the night is filled with disasters, including Max showing up for a heart-to-heart. -heart. Afterwards, Georgie decides they should wait... But after they nearly do it on the desk in Ned's office at ELQ, they draft a contract to wait six months before having sex, and they both sign it. That's so sweet. I know. When AJ comes in, yells at Dylan, and then makes a snide comment about Georgie, Dylan punches him, and AJ fires Dylan. Yeah. Why would you talk about a teenage girl, AJ? Shut up. I didn't watch it, so I don't know. But no matter what, keep your mouth shut. <laughs> Georgie and Dylan's involvement with Alcazar continues when they rescue him and Carly, after he's nearly killed. 
They promise not to tell anyone what they saw. Georgie leaves while Dylan stays and talks with Lorenzo. Faith shows up and Lorenzo tells her to take Dylan home. Later, Faith comes on to Dylan and kisses him, which Georgie witnesses, which is also gross because there's quite an age difference there. Dylan tries to explain to Georgie that Lorenzo made Faith take him home and that nothing has happened. He tells her that he only loves her Mm. and Faith's way too old for me and in a crazy mob family. I mean, you know. When Elkazar's niece Sage came into town, he hired Dylan to be her babysitter. Dylan was forced to take Sage out of the country for her safety, where Sage ended up getting Dylan thrown in prison. Georgie teamed up with Dylan's mother, Tracy, to stop Dylan from working for Alcazar. Tracy agreed to force Dylan to quit his job if Georgie broke up with Dylan. Of course, Georgie is devastated, but happy that Dylan was safe. A heartbroken Dylan expressed his sadness by losing his virginity to Sage. Okay, yeah. Babysitter is the wrong word there. Maybe bodyguard. Yeah. But babysitter. Sage was not a five-year-old. No, she was, was a teenager. Correct. She was Georgie's age. Yes. Yes. Georgie walked in on them and they broke up for good. To make Dylan jealous, Georgie created a fake boyfriend and pretended that she was in love with another guy. Dylan was upset, but he continued to see Sage. Dylan, Sage, Georgie, and her fake boyfriend, Tom, all got caught in the Port Charles Hotel fire where Georgie told Dylan the truth about her lies. They decided that they still loved each other and they got back together. And I did watch one thing about this where she and Maxie, it was called plan. I think that's what it's listed as like in the Georgie videos. It's like the master plan or the plan or something along those lines. Now I forget. Okay. Anyway. So Maxie comes down or comes into Kelly's and is like, is everything all set up for, you know, your night with Tom and blah, 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 blah. And Georgie's like, yeah, we're going to have sex and it's going to be great. And Dylan's sitting there and just like overhearing everything. And so then they go outside and she's like, oh yeah, he totally bought it. He's totally going to, you know, come rescue me, whatever. Well, then Maxie's in the room with Georgie and she's like, you need to make it sound like you're having sex. She's like, I've never had sex. What? She's like, can you tell me what sounds you made with Kyle? Oh, no. So she's like, she goes, you ever seen when Harry met Sally? And she's like, I am not doing the deli scene. <laughs> but it was just, it was such a cute sister scene, you know, like she was helping her. I didn't get to watch everything, but it was just, it was sweet. So cute. Yeah. Ned asks Dylan to work at L&B and assigns him to direct a video with an up and coming young talent named Ashley B. Dylan, of course, has his own ideas about what he wanted the video to look like, but Ashley insisted on putting her two cents in. Georgie did a good job of acting as the mediator. While working at L&B, Dylan began to hear a mysterious young woman singing with a beautiful voice. He told Georgie about the voice, and they decided they wanted to use this girl to prove to Ned that Dylan had the ability to find talented people for the company. When they confronted Lynn, they found out she had run away from her overbearing stage mother and had no desire to capitalize on her talent. When Lynn's mother sent a private detective to find her daughter and bring her home, Dylan ended up escaping with him and Lynn, escaping from him with Lynn. While hiding out with her, he found out she was actually his niece, Brooke Lynn. Dylan encouraged Brooke to come out of hiding and reconcile with her parents. Soon after, Dylan and Georgie encouraged Brooke to pursue her talents at L&B. Sage was also determined to have a recording career, and Georgie was upset to see her working closely with Dylan. So how many times has Brooke Lynn ended up... And it's funny, because in this, she's like, no, I don't want to make money off my 
Right. And now she's like, BLQ. Exactly. Pay me. And one thing, she was only ever called Brooke or Brookie by Lois and Ned. Right. Like they never rarely called her Brooklyn. So it was just funny to watch all that. In August 2004, during a blackout in the Quartermain Mansion, Georgie confronted Sage for going after Dylan and locked her in an abandoned Quartermain freezer. Yes. So they were doing like a Ouija board Mm -hmm. to conjure spirit because Lila had just passed away. Mm -hmm. And they thought that Edward thought that he kept hearing Lila say stuff to him. So they're like, okay, we'll try to talk to Lila. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. And Sage was just being a jerk to her. And Sage was um, awful. She was, you know, the meanest. She just wanted, she just wanted somebody to love her. I'm not saying she was nice. She was awful. But she was awful to Georgie. And she was working with their friend Trent to kind of like terrorize them. So mm-hmm. they would split up and they threw Lila's wheelchair down the stairs, which Alan and Monica flipped out on them for even touching her stuff. Right. They're like, uh-uh, you do not touch her stuff. So I forget what it was, but at one point Georgie winds up getting mad at her and is like, Dylan, is there still the freezer downstairs? And so she drags her down to the big walk-in freezer. Well, then Sage winds up turning up dead. Oops. But here's the thing. She also faked her death at one point. That's when she wound up putting her in the quarter main freezer because Sage faked her death. And it made her so mad. She's like, no, you're not going to be roaming free to do this stuff anymore. We're going to put you in the freezer so that you can just chill. I love it. Yeah. So, But then Sage for reals turned up dead. And Georgie was the number one suspect. I mean, yeah. Luckily, it soon came out that resident maniac Mary Bishop was actually responsible for Sage's murder, and Georgie was no longer scrutinized for the crime. While Dylan and Georgie were both disturbed by Sage's death, they were able to move on with their relationship. After Michael Corinthos was kidnapped and presumed dead when he was a baby, Mm -hmm. or not baby, but a young man, both Georgie and Dylan were devastated. And now Michael is older than what they would, what Georgie would be. The event was another that made them realize that life is too unpredictable, and they finally decided to constipate. Con- <laughs> <laughs> and they finally decided to consummate their relationship. In March 2005, Georgie and Dylan made love, and Georgie was thrilled to lose her virginity to the love of her life. Once Georgie realized that Dylan would be leaving for film school after graduation, oh, so was he in high school? I don't know. No, maybe film school after from college, like he got his okay, and like then associates be- or whatever, sure. and then moved on. We're gonna say that she quickly became insecure that she would lose him forever. Dylan also did not want to be far away from Georgie and decided to attend school at Port Charles University instead. No, so he would have been in high school. I always felt like he was two years older. I don't know. Like My memory is escaping me. And yeah, Maxie. that's how I just assumed. Yeah. Okay. The unthinkable happened when Georgie suffered a near-fatal fall and doctors explained that she could provide her sister, Maxie, who had also been hospitalized with a new heart. Dylan was terrified at the thought of losing Georgie and was ecstatic when both she and her sister recovered. Georgie and Dylan soon soon helped Maxie cover up her involvement with undercover cop Jesse Beaudry, who was apparently framed for a crime he did not commit. And we talked about all that. All that was Maxie. Yeah. Dylan had especially been there to console Georgie's parents, who were extremely worried about Maxie's disappearance. Maxie returned safely, and both she and Dylan prepared to start college in the fall. So see, yeah. Okay. Hmm. Maybe he did graduate high school and then go to college, and so she was, like, he was a senior and she was a sophomore. Mm. Oh, quick. One thing that was not mentioned 
during all the Sage stuff. So when she wanted to have a record contract or whatever, it was Brooklyn, Georgie, Sage. And then Maxie was supposed to also be in this girl group called Girl Power. And they were going to go on a talent show, like, like America's or American Idol, whatever. Okay. But for the newest girl group or Got whatever. It. Oh, there was a name to it. And I can't, it's escaping me. But Maxie wasn't available. So Dylan filled in and he was dressing as a girl. And the producer started hitting on him mm-hmm. and said that, you know, the producer liked him slash her the best. He and Georgie got in a fight because he kept saying about how he didn't like being hit on. And she reminded him that that's what girls deal with all the time. And he said that basically sometimes girls ask for it. Uh huh. Did she punch him in the mouth? Oh, no. Even better. Georgie decided to teach him a lesson. She had Lucas go hit on him repeatedly. Ha ha. Repeatedly. Like in public, in private, like everything. Dylan let it keep going on because it would help him stay in character for when they go on the competition. And eventually... It, it all came out, but it was just, it was so funny because, you know, the guy, so the producer even took him to a bar and like tried to buy her a drink. And oh finally he's gosh. like, I have known that you were a dude this entire time. Right. He's like, I think it would be great for this, whatever. And then I guess at some, I didn't watch all of it, but after Sage passed away, Brooklyn had taken a letter that Sage had written to, she wrote a poem to Dylan and turned it into a song, Aww. but it was beautiful. And Lois, this is when Lois was dating Alcazar. Ugh. And so Lois, or no, I think they had broken up. Okay. And, but she was pleading with him to allow them to use Sage's letter or her poem to make this song. Cause they didn't want to just do it. Mm-hmm. And he actually showed up like at the end of Brooklyn singing it to Ned and Lois. And he was just crying. And he's like, as far as I'm concerned, Sage wrote those words for Dylan. And if Dylan wants to allow those, that to be released. Right. And he's like, he's like, that is a beautiful song. And cause, Oh, Oh, he said something. Cause Lois said something, you know, and music, music lives on forever. And he's like, no, Bach, Tchaikovsky, blah, blah, blah. That lives forever. He's like, this pop stuff is meant for like now. And it just, you know, it's meant to three, 15 minutes of fame and Right. Like that's what he was alluding to. So, but I just thought it was funny because the whole time Mac or Georgie's like, no, you do not get away with saying girls ask for it. Exactly. Mm-mm. Sorry. Okay. So what? She was just in a near fatal fall. I didn't watch that. Uh, almost gave her heart. Maxie returned, blah, 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 blah. Right. I just read that. Yes. So Jesse warned Maxie to stay away from the pizza shack. I grew up with a pizza shack one night where he had a sting going down. Oh, cause Jesse was a cop. Right. It's not mentioned in here. That night, Maxie drank from a drugged drink and passed out. While Jesse tended to Maxie and questioned the kids, Brooklyn stumbled back after having disappeared. Brooklyn was taken to GH where it was determined that she was drugged. Unfortunately, there were no signs of sexual assault. The person responsible for drugging Brooklyn ended up sending her nude pictures of her that he had taken. Soon after, Maxie received a phone call from a stalker who whispered that she owned that she owed him. Jesse investigated the case and soon Dylan became the number one suspect. Georgie stood by Dylan throughout while some of his friends wondered if Dylan was in fact the person that had been drugging them. I didn't get into all that. Yeah, he would not have done that. Not to his niece. Not to, he would not have done it in general, but not to his niece. No, that's just gross. Oh, okay. I'll do my little. <clears throat> yes, no. Where are you going? I'll see if it comes up again. No, I'm just going to do it now because it talked, we just talked about the Lorenzo Lois okay. stuff. Brooklyn and Dylan were talking about like how dysfunctional their family is mm-hmm. and how like their parents weren't around. They shipped them off, whatever. And Georgie's like, well, 
my mom and dad left me and they're like, yeah, but you lucked out. You have Mac. It's not the same. Like all this. And now Mac and Felicia, and this was at one point, Mac and Felicia were back together. And, you know, basically they were totally discounting the fact that she was abandoned by her parents. Georgie goes and yells at Mac and Felicia for being good parents and ruining her life because she can't bond with Dylan and Brooke over their dysfunctional families. (laughs) (laughs) But they just kept correcting her and saying that she shouldn't be upset that her parents are divorced because Mac is so great. And it's like, "Mm, no, that's not the same. She still gets to be upset about the fact that. Right. Yeah. No, not at all the same. Yeah. Mm-mm. Okay, so back to Brooklyn. Okay, so eventually Brooklyn found nude pictures of herself in Diego's camera. Oh, we didn't talk about Diego. Diego Alcazar is Lorenzo's son. Boom. So eventually Brooklyn found nude pictures of herself in Diego's camera case and realized that he was the campus stalker. Diego secretly slipped a roofie into Brooklyn's soda and took her to the Quartermain cellar where he revealed how he had been exacting revenge for Sage's unhappy life and untimely death. When Lorenzo walked in on a tense encounter between his son and Brooke, Diego confessed to being the campus stalker but tried to justify his actions to his appalled father. Lorenzo ordered Diego to turn himself into the police. After being arrested, Diego managed to custody and Dylan was terrified when he took Georgie hostage. In the end, though, Georgie convinced Diego to turn himself back into the police. Dylan, Maxie, Jesse, and Brooklyn decided to testify in court against Diego, but Georgie stubbornly continued to stand by him. At one point in the relationship, Dylan believed that Georgie's adoptive cousin, Lucas, was hitting on her. Right! (laughs) Okay. In order to ease Dylan's concerns, Lucas admitted to him that he was gay. Dylan and Georgie helped Lucas come to terms with his sexuality and encouraged him to protect himself after he fell victim by a gay basher. So I only watched part of that where Lorenzo turned him in and that was really good. In February 2006, an epidemic of encephalitis broke out in Port Charles. Dylan became infected with the virus and was near death. On February 9th, while he was laying in his hospital bed dying, he asked Georgie to marry him. She agreed and they immediately told Maxie, who reluctantly agreed to help them. Maxie also told their cousin. I love him. Cousin, over and over and over again. But just keep in mind, I did piece together two separate, no, I know, three separate articles. Thank you, whoever wrote this one, for acknowledging cousin, cousin, cousin. They even have the same last name. I mean, I'm not saying that that should ever be it, but I mean, same last name, guys. Yeah. Okay. Who would be Dylan's best man? So Lucas Jones would be Dylan's best man. Maxie told Father Coat that Georgie was 18 so that he would marry the couple. Just as the makeshift ceremony was beginning later in, later that day in Dylan's hospital room, Tracy barged in and stopped it, citing that the bride was underage. Georgie eventually convinced her dad, Max Scorpio, to let her marry Dylan, and Tracy told Dylan that she wouldn't try to stop them anymore. The, comp- the couple were married on Valentine's Day by Father Coates in the hospital chapel. Dylan then recovered from his illness, and the couple were starting out in married life. After they were married, Tracy cut them off, and they moved in above Kelly's, where they also got jobs. Which was super cute. And I couldn't find their like actual exchanging of vows, but I think that they might have done like a private recreation for themselves. And mm-hmm. she was wearing like this beautiful dress. He was dressed in a tuxedo. They were by a gazebo. They exchanged vows and then they danced under the gazebo. And it was just the cutest. It was just so cute. It was so, so sweet. Sorry. It's okay. If that's, it was, it was very sweet. Oh, and they ate cake and it was, okay. But there's a video on YouTube that's set to I do by 98 degrees. So I think that that was also a fan clip, but I think that that was, they took whatever yeah. it was and put it there. So it was awesome. So cute. 17 though. And this is back when people worked at Kelly's and lived above it. Don't know that you need to be married at 17, even though it's super cute. What the, I like, okay. I love those stories that like the terminal patient, like, and that that happens and they were able to marry 
we wouldn't be saying anything against it if Dylan had actually died. True. So there's that. Okay. I won't bring up Willow and Chase right now for you to start yelling about, but okay. That's completely different. He was dying. Anyway, soon after. Neither of them were dating somebody else and (laughs) sleeping with somebody else on the side at the time. They were committed to each other. Okay. Soon after, Diego was released from prison after he snitched on a fellow inmate's murder plot and moved in next door to Georgie and Dylan. Awkward. Unbeknownst to Diego, the inmate had ties to town thug Manny Ruiz. I miss him too. He was Mm -hmm. such a good bad guy. And Manny made it his mission to get back at him. Diego did his best to steer clear of Manny's thugs and Georgie remained a source of support. It was revealed that Georgie had become pen pals with Diego while he was in prison and Diego had fallen in love with her. No, he was a creep. She really was so sweet to him, though. And, yes. I mean, she saw the good in him, but she really overly justified his stalking and drugging people. Yeah. I don't know how you just get over that. Right. Let's be friends anyway. It's okay. No. Tensions were high between Georgie, Dylan, and Diego, especially after Jesse Beaudry, Maxie's boyfriend, was killed by a bullet meant for Diego. Lula Spencer got to, on to the fact that Georgie and Diego kept in touch while he was in prison. Lulu got Diego to help her. They'd break Georgie and Dylan up and then comfort the heartbroken couple. Soon after, Lulu lied to Dylan about seeing Diego and Georgie having sex in the boathouse. Already jealous, Dylan quickly believed Lulu and took her side when Georgie stated that Lulu was lying. Dylan soon made love with Lulu. That, no. They did not make love. Dylan soon had sex with Lulu in the boathouse, and the two formed a semi-relationship while Dylan was still married to Georgie. Watched this. Heartbreaking because... So Georgie and Diego had gone swimming in the lake, mm-hmm. where, whatever the Quartermains have their lake. Right. And they were just having fun. And Lulu went and told Dylan that she had seen them having sex. So then Georgie and Dylan wind up fighting. And she's like, how can you say all this? Like, I, you did the stuff with Sage. Like, you know, like, right. I mean, not for nothing. Bring, But I mean, he had hurt her in the past. Right. And she's like, I told you I'm not cheating on. Like, there's nothing with Diego, whatever. Diego even defended Georgie, even though originally the plan was that he was going to go along with the sleeping with. Right. So that way he could have Georgie and Lulu could have Dylan. So Georgie winds up leaving. Diego winds up leaving too. Lulu stays, comforts. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then afterwards, it was Lulu's first time. Mm-hmm. And they wound up leaving. She was like, she didn't tell him that it was her first time. And then he found out afterwards. And she's like, maybe this is exactly how I wanted it. So then she leaves. And then she winds up breaking down on the pier because it really wasn't. She really cared about him, blah, blah, right. blah. So Dylan called Lulu and was saying how... He was really upset about how they left things, blah, 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 blah. But you don't know who he's calling. Sorry, spoiler alert. And you see Georgie walk up behind him in the doorway of the boathouse. And he's leaving this message. And he's like, I really don't like that we left things that way. I wish that you had left better, you know, like in a different way. I really care about you, Lulu. And Georgie's face was just like, "Mm -mm." nope. And obviously... He thought, or she thought that he was calling to apologize to her for their fight. Right. And that did not happen at all like that. And then when, so Lulu was also working at Kelly's too. And it was either like the next day or a couple of days later, whatever. Georgie went into work and was like, what are you doing here? And she's like, I'm working. And Georgie starts telling Mike that she wants Lulu fired and blah, blah, blah. And he says to Georgie, well, you're my best waitress and Bobby needs her here for the summer because Bobby's right. family owns it. So you guys have to take this outside to figure it out. 
And he was like, seriously, go outside and figure this out. And so they just start yelling at each other. And it was, it was funny. Girl fight. Mm-hmm. And then Georgie at one point called them out for being step siblings and said some really mean things to her about like Laura having her screws loose and stuff like that's when Laura was in her catatonic state. Yeah. Georgie did not know how to handle her anger, but it was so out of character for her to be saying like these absolutely horrific things. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Georgie was devastated but found comfort in her old friend Diego. While everything seemed to be working out, the truth was nothing was working out. Dylan and Georgie were still in love, but both were too hurt and angry to admit it, which meant that Dylan went on sleeping with Lulu, ew, and Georgie went on dating Diego. Finally, Dylan overheard Lulu confessing how she had lied to Tracy. Hurt and regretful, Dylan went in search of Georgie and begged her to talk to him. Georgie was unsure, but she finally agreed that they should try again. The two divorced but began dating again, just as Lulu found out she she was carrying Dylan's child. Mm. Georgie was hurt, but she decided to be supportive of her former friend and often lent an ear to Lulu. Oh, by the way, this is also when Lulu and Maxie hated each other. Mm-hmm. Lulu chose to abort the baby, causing Dylan a ton of pain. He begged her to not. Right. In fact, Dylan changed dramatically, and he ended up becoming the perfect cue, much to Georgie and Lulu's dismay. Meanwhile, Maxie confessed to Georgie that she was carrying Lucky's child. Georgie didn't judge her sister, but instead tried to make Maxie see that Lucky didn't love Maxie. Maxie ignored her sister and went on with her plan to win Lucky's heart through their unborn baby. Later, it will be re- later it will be revealed that Maxie faked her pregnancy and missed the miscarriage that followed. Georgie was furious with her sister, but understood that Maxie continued to act out as she did because she was struggling with her pan- parents abandoning them. Georgie decided to focus on her studies and quickly became a favorite of one of her professors. Maxie worried that the professor was taking advantage of his young student, Georgie was flattered by Pete's attention and Maxie's certainty that he was interested in Georgie as more than a student, but nothing ever came of the relationship. Pete was older and Georgie was focused on her goals. Good for you, Georgie. Yes. Boom. Come come haunt, Willow. Just saying. Oh, that would be good. Mm-hmm. 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 Huh. I like that. And I think that when... No. Okay. Want me to go? Yes. You don't have any more thoughts. You're sure. Well, always. <laughs> you know what I mean. I will say it at the end. Okay. After her sister and cousin were held hostage in the Metro Court during a robbery that went badly, Georgie decided that she wanted to spend her junior year of college abroad. Initially, Mac was reluctant to agree, but Georgie convinced him that it was what she really wanted to do. She began planning her trip with Damien Spinelli, a geeky college student who had a huge crush on Lulu. Lulu only saw Spinelli as a quirky friend, but Georgie saw more in the young man. While Spinelli pined for Lulu, Georgie's feelings for Spinelli grew. Georgie was heartbroken when Spinelli made plans with Nadine Crowell to go to the black and white ball together. This was heartbreaking because she had like just worked it out in her head that she was going to go ask him. And Lulu was actually giving her the encouragement. And she's like, you like this guy, go. Well, Lulu showed up 15 minutes late for work. (gasps) Oh, no. And walked into the hospital just as... Spinelli was asking her. Mm. Oh, yeah. After a long night of death and stalking, most guests survived the ball. Georgie asked Spinelli to join her and her family at the Scorpio house for Thanksgiving dinner. Unfortunately, a serial killer was stalking the women of Port Charles, claiming the lives of Letitia, who was one of the nannies, Mm -hmm. and Emily Quartermain, and making an attempt on Carly Corinthos Jacks. Following Thanksgiving was Emily Quartermain's funeral, to which Dylan came back to attend. Georgie told Dylan that she had met someone new, but didn't mention Spinelli. When the text message killer attacked Maxie, Georgie walked into the Scorpio home just in time to save her sister. More and more, Georgie grew suspicious of Cooper Barrett. She found his behavior odd. She saw 
she saw him watch Maxie constantly and text message someone at the same time her sister was text messaged by the killer. And there were several inconsistencies about his stories. She decided to share her suspicions with Spinelli, who did some digging. Spinelli hacked into the government record and discovered that while Cooper was in Iraq, a woman on base had been strangled. While Spinelli talked to his friend Jason Morgan frequently about Georgie, Jason told him that it was obvious that Georgie had a crush on him and wanted him to ask her out. Spinelli was stunned but elated. He told Jason that Georgie was beautiful and smart and could have anyone she wanted. Aww! He was confused as to why someone like Georgie could accept someone like him for who he was and love him and considered what to do now that he knew she had feelings for him. The answer probably wasn't to go after her sister, but okay. Tragically, on December 17th, 2007, Georgie became the next victim of the text message killer. She was strangled to death in the park, making her the third victim to die. Maxie was the original target, but Georgie showed up instead her body was discovered a short while later by Damien Spinelli. Heartbreaking. <laughs> Great acting, Bradford. Because, oh. Did you cry? No, but it was just so, it was so heartbreaking. Spinelli called the police and tried to revive her, but her, his efforts were in vain. Mac, Maxie, and Robin were all devastated to find out Georgie had been murdered, and Maxie had been taken to the hospital and admitted as a patient from shock after she saw her sister's dead body. Mac was commissioner at the time and showed up and was just like, okay, so what's going on? What do we have? Oh, and no. the detective was like, you need to step back. And he's like, why? You know, what's going on? And then he looks over and he, I think he recognized like her jacket and Ooh. he's like, I, he, he lost. Yeah. Now I might cry because <laughs> Mac cried a lot. Then Mac was like, how the heck am I going to tell Maxie? Well, Maxie was at home with Coop, I think. Maxie was at home with somebody. Lucky showed up and she was like, he said, I need you to get dressed and come with me. And she said, okay, I'm a cop's daughter. I know this means something bad happened. Just tell me. And she's like, what happened to Mac? Mm -hmm. And Lucky was like, Mac, okay. Right. And then she, you know, put two and two together that it was Georgie and she just, she lost it, you know, and she brought him, he brought her to the crime scene and Mac tried to hold her back and she tried to break through. And I mean, it was just, and then like they just said, like they brought her to the hospital. When she got to the hospital, Robin was like, why is Maxie coming into the hospital? And Mac is here too. Cause Robin was a doctor and, or is a doctor, but she was working that right. night. And Mac was like, I'll be right back. And so like they got Maxie admitted and then she had to come tell, or he had to come tell Robin. Mm. And so that's how they all found out. It was so hard. <sighs> and then Maxie wound up telling Robin that Georgie's death had been unfair because she had been smart, funny, kind, generous, serious, mature, and responsible and accepted others for who they were and was good towards everyone. And it should have been her to die and to have her body left in the snow since she had been a terrible sister to her. Poor Maxie. Yeah. Benelli talked to Jason about who Georgie was, the guilt he had over his inability to protect her and him not being able to realize her feelings for him until it was too late and his loss over her death and asked him to help him prove that Cooper Barrett was the killer and make him pay. He later lit a candle and made a remorseful offering to Georgie's spirit so she would know that he would miss her. Aw, that was cute, Spinelli. And Benelli called her faithful friend and dispenser of wisdom. Cute. Mm-hmm. I liked him back then. He was adorable. Not that he's not now, but you know what I mean. Right. Just their friendship was so cute. 
Alicia Jones returned to Port Charles in order to attend Georgie's funeral. How nice of her to come back for that. She told Maxie that she had been with Frisco and Georgie had tried to stay in contact with her by letters. Dylan came back to town and went to Kelly's where he told Mike Corbin and Lulu Spencer that he had come back to see Georgie and ask her to go to Montreal in Canada over the holidays with him to see what he would be filming. He was devastated to find out from Lulu that Georgie was dead. The last time Dylan had seen Georgie was shortly after Lulu terminated the pregnancy. He had left town after Ned offered him his dream job in the movie industry in LA. And that was hard because like he came like running into Kelly's and was like, where's Georgie? I'm so excited to tell her something. And Mike and Lulu were both like, we got to talk to you. And it was the newspaper was open like behind them. And I think it said something like daughter of commissioner slain or something like that. Lulu said, she's gone. And he's like, what do you mean? I just talked to her. Like she said that she's working today or something like, you know, and obviously not just talk to her, but you know, recently, right. Something along those lines. And so that's, yeah, he did not do well. Dylan went to see Felicia and Maxie and comforted them over their loss of Georgie. He talked to Spinelli about who Georgie was, his love for her, and that he had been a fool to let her go. But Spinelli comforted him and told him to be grateful for the time that they had together since he had not realized his feelings for he had not realized her feelings for him until it was too late. Georgie's funeral was attended by Mac, Felicia, Maxie, Robin, Dylan, Spinelli, Lulu, and Lucky Spencer, Milo, Cooper, Sky Quartermain, Tracy Quartermain, Edward Quartermain, Alice, Bobby Jones, Mike Corbin, Patrick Drake, Lainey Winters, Epiphany Johnson, Rick Lansing, and Mayor Floyd. Yeah. Maxie delivered Georgie's eulogy, where she talked about who her sister was and how she had touched other people's lives and thanked Max Scorpio, Dylan Quartermain, Bobby Jones, Robin Scorpio, Benelli for the ways that they cared about and loved Georgie. And then she berated Felicia for abandoning Georgie and her and told her to leave the funeral since she had no right to be there. Felicia left and Maxie later saw her crying at Georgie's grave and Felicia was like apologizing. And to be fair, so Felicia just shows up, doesn't even call ahead to let Maxie know that she's coming. Maxie had just been attacked in the house. Her sister was just killed in mm-hmm. something that was meant for her. Felicia just starts to open the door. So Maxie's like freaking out. So she grabs like the thing from the fireplace and is like hiding behind the door to smack her. Yeah. And then when she finally sees it, she's like, mom. And then Felicia said, I felt like Felicia was really pretty unemotional about Georgie's death. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, Frisco called like the way that she said it, it was just like really ugh. And at one point she said, we're left with what we're left with. And we just need to put life back together. Who says that after their kid dies? And Max even said, so it took one of you to, or it took one of us to die for you to remember to come back. And Maxie wouldn't sit next to her at the funeral. And then, you know, she just tore her apart. But it did. I think that was a changing point for Tracy because Tracy, Luke was in the hospital and we're not going to get all into that. But Tracy went to see Luke after the funeral and he's like, how did it go? She's like, worse than expected. Maxie tore into felicia and said all these things and she's like all i could think about was ned and dylan would have the same things to say about me Mm -hmm. and she didn't blame like she wouldn't have blamed them she's like it really made me think about the things that my boys would be able to say about me wow so Mm -hmm. yeah it was hard robin was horrified and maxie's outburst at felicia went to see patrick and the two made love which caused robin to get pregnant and see the baby as a blessing from georgie Spinelli was shocked after the police had made him a major suspect in Georgie's murder before other evidence pointed to different people. 
The evidence against Spinelli came in the form of emails that Georgie had never sent to him where she stated that except around girls, he was the smartest and sweetest guy she had ever met and she thought she was falling in love with him. Lucky told him that he planned to figure out who it was that killed Georgie and arrest him since he was sure it had been him which stunned Spinelli. Spinelli would never kill anyone, especially Georgie. Give me a break. He was still kind of new in town though. He was quirky. He was, you know... Yeah, no. He wasn't the jackal yet, but no. Yeah. I agree, but yeah, you know. I guess, but no. Jason told Lucky to back off Spinelli and promised to help him get out of the trouble he was in. Oh, I think this was when Spinelli was pouring vodka in his orange soda. And Jason was like, what are you doing? Yeah. He's like, well, orange soda doesn't get you there, so I gotta add. <laughs> but it was heartbreaking. Spinelli was later asked to keep the emails, which he dubbed Georgie's secret pain, and tried to write a reply of his own, but he was unable to since he was discouraged by the fact that Georgie would not be able to read it. Maxie was inconsolable over Georgie's death and lashed out, lashed out at everyone from name-calling, insults, yelling, and arguments with others to completely trashing Kelly's. Felicia became determined to find Georgie's killer, but left town after Mac told her she had no right to. Okay. Benelli and Maxie teamed up to find out who the text message killer was, prove C Cooper Barrett's innocence, and make him pay for the deaths of Letitia, Emily, Georgie, and Cooper. In the meantime, Cooper had died. We didn't just talk about that, did we? Mm -mm. No, okay. We talked about it with Maxie, but we didn't talk about it with... Okay. Right. But he died being a suspect. Mm -hmm. Two of the major suspects included Logan Hayes, and that's Scott's son, mm -hmm. and Johnny Zakara, who we have not talked about at all up until this point. Right. In the end, they found out it was Diego Alcazar, who told Sam McCall that Georgie had died because she had received a text message meant for Maxie, went to the park alone in an effort to protect Maxie from him, and saw who he was, so he killed her for being in the wrong place at the wrong time, and admitted that her death was the only one he regretted. Um, Georgie appeared to Maxie on March 26, 2010, and March 29, 2010, as she battled pneumonia in the hospital and told Maxie it was not her time to go. Maxie wanted to give up, but Georgie convinced her to live for their loved ones. Mm. And then on July 11th, 2013, Lulu visit Ma visits Maxie at Crimson to ask her opinion on baby names. Maxie seems unsure and Lulu forces it out of her. Maxie holds up a picture and says she thinks Georgie is a perfect name. Maxie reminds Lulu of how smart and funny Georgie was, but Lulu tells Maxie that she'd save her sister's name for her own baby. After Lulu leaves, Maxie gets buzzed into Connie's office. Maxie can't believe her eyes when Connie's chair swings around and Georgie is sitting there. That was great. Yes. Georgie came down to plead to her sister that she should contemplate the consequences of keeping the secret that she's hiding from Lulu, Dante, and Spinelli. Georgie states that she had been watching over Maxie and thinks that Maxie is fooling herself by passing off her baby as Dante and Lulu's. She then goes to see Spinelli, who is having a conversation with his current girlfriend, Ellie Trout. Ellie leaves and Georgie comes behind him and sends a ghostly whisper to Spinelli that he shouldn't be too harsh when the truth comes out without showing herself to Spinelli. And that was July 12th, 2013. Spinelli did not respond, but seemed to sense that she was there. On August 22nd, Georgie appears to Maxie to show her what she would miss if she died on the table after having an emergency C-section. Section after a complication arises with the birth of her baby. She later kisses Mac and Felicia. On December 5th, Georgie is seen in the cemetery trying to convince Maxie not to kill herself. When Maxie can't hear her, she touches Robin's shoulder to get her to go find Maxie, which she does. 
On December 16th, 2013, her sister Maxie and Spinelli decide to rename their daughter after her. And on February 9th, 2018, Georgie appears to Maxie on the day of her husband's funeral. And that was a surprise. Yes. That was... Yeah. I mean, they were kind of all surprises. Like, you're never... I love that we just don't know when Georgie's going to show up. Yes. We need her to come comfort her. Mm-hmm. And be like, listen. It's okay. Yeah. Get your baby back from Brooklyn and everything will be okay. <sighs> okay. So, just a couple... Oh, but during all of that, while we were watching, or while I was watching... Somehow the 2013 Nurses Ball wound up on one of the playlists, and so I watched Jack Wagner, All I Need. Oh, my. Sing All I Need at the... Oh, my. So, yes. Somehow you watched that. It popped up. Couldn't turn it off. I mean... Hello, Jack Wagner. So then, of course, like always, we went on to social media and asked people, do you remember Georgie Jones? What's your favorite memory? Best sister ever. Loved her. I was so mad when she died. I liked her character. Memories of her are relationships with Maxie and Spinelli. She was such a sweet and kind girl. I cried buckets when she died. She was a big part of GH. Love Spinelli's admiration for Georgie. Her and Dylan. Georgie was the best. I hated it when they killed her off. It was just not right. Agree. Her funeral was amazing. Maxie calling out Felicia. And then just so much like they shouldn't have killed her. Loved her and Maxie's relationship. Her and Dylan. Not as many her and Dylan's as I was expecting, though. Really? Yeah. Maybe Mostly it was just they, her. Yeah. Maybe because they did have the back and forth, back and forth. But it was still so good. It was. I agree. I think like, that has to be one of the best yeah, love stories. That's exactly what I was just going to say. Sorry. I think they're one of my favorite couples because it, it was so authentic to the teenage years where you're like, oh, but I love him, but I don't, but oh no. And then on Twitter, Georgie was a great character, sort of Molly alike, but less annoying. (laughs) I always rooted for her. She should already be the DA in Port Charles showing Molly the ropes. Aw, that would be nice. That would have been awesome. Hmm. Did you have any from? No. But yeah, I mean, that's, I guess this did go a little bit longer than I thought that it was going to, but that's it. And we're still missing a lot Mm -hmm. from her, but. We hit on the main point. I mean, that was her main storyline, a hundred percent, but. She was so cute. I miss her too. Can we bring her back? It's been what? It's been four years? 2018? Yeah, she's due. Sure, for like a five second blip whenever Maxie gets her baby back, though. It's not. How can we get Georgie back right now? They brought Dylan back for something. Scott Clifton's all happy over. Oh, oh yeah. That that was the other thing we forgot to kind of mention. It was Scott Clifton, Dylan, not Robert Palmer Watkins, who is, was matched with Kiki. Right. So. It was the OG Dylan. OG. Oh, and do you know how many people died in this whole thing that we read, though? Because then Alice was also a lot in there, too. Yep. But, all right. So that is it about Miss Georgie. Now you know who she's talking about. They could have Georgie come back to talk to little Georgie to help her deal with the fact that her sister is kidnapped <gasps> and, like, pep talk her about what a good big sister she's going to be the way Maxie was to Georgie. Boom! Write it up. <laughs> Done. So cute. That would be perfect. You're welcome. That's just like, poof. Royalty checks can be sent to. <laughs> Care of. I'll take it. Aw. That would be sweet. That I would be like sweet. that. Okay. So join us on Monday as we recap this week's shows. Have a good weekend. And we'll meet you at the pier. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed today's show, we invite you to go to pier54podcast.com to subscribe on your favorite platform. Don't forget to leave us a review. And you can also follow us on many social media channels. Just search for Peer 54 Podcast. Also, we are not perfect, so if there is something that we missed or messed up, 
just let us know by emailing us at peer54podcast at gmail.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.